Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. This is a short introduction to this episode, which is part of a seven-part series with a Mozambican who is named Julio Maria Mujoro. He is a power coach, facilitator, and speaker from Mozambique. Make sure you listen to the other episodes if you've missed them. And this episode, by the way, is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash ftapon. Go there and get some rewards. Thanks. How many countries have you been to? Like 15, We were 20? counting and it was 17 countries. Okay. <laughs> including <it>. Mozambique. So, <laughs> right. So, so 17 countries and maybe about six of them, maybe seven of them are in Africa and maybe 10 outside of Africa. And yeah. you've hit many continents. You've been to Asia. You've been to the Americas. I've been to Asia. I've been to Europe, to North and South America and in Africa. I'm just missing Australia, New Zealand and Antarctica at this point. <laughs> Yes, we're all missing Antarctica. <laughs> um, so, uh, so my question to you is, what do you think of as a kind of a unique characteristic, good or bad, about uh-huh. Mozambique? In other words, what characterizes your people and yeah. your culture? I mean, I realize it's a tough question because Mozambique is a spectrum. Quite diverse, and yeah. And you've got a lot of diversity from the north, the south, the middle, all over the place, the coast, inland different villages, city. I mean, I know, I realize this is a crazy question, but if you were to ask me, I mean, America is, the United States is also a diverse country, but if you ask me what characterizes America, I could kind of come up with an answer. You know, what <laughs> well, Americans have be? in common. They're assholes. They're all assholes. <laughs> all right. And so now what about you? What do you say? I'll okay. say that it's the easiness of Mozambican people that always surprises me. And it doesn't really matter where I am. Mozambicans just have this thing of everything is going to be all right and you shouldn't worry too much about it, that it can be great, but it also can be quite, um, you know, detriment for infuriating and detriment to their own development and growth. But there is just a sense of like, oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out, even though we have no idea <laughs> how that's going to happen. Um, have you heard the French expression, ça va aller? No. Okay, ça va aller. So if you go to almost half of Africa speaks French Uh and there's a saying that you hear all over Francophone Africa, which is ça va aller, which means it will all be just fine. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think it's not just Mozambican, it's African. Yeah, <laughs> it is an African thing. But but um but maybe again you have been to other countries, so maybe Mozambique is much more relaxed and laid back than let's say South Africa. Of and course. more so than than Kenya and, and maybe even Tanzania too. Actually it is, and I feel it also comes down to the culture. So for instance, in Makua culture um there is this there are two things that sort of quite striking so one is you should always answer with a smile so if someone's beat you up someone does something wrong just smile they're hurting so hard people hurt people you shouldn't like perpetuate the circle and the second one is avoiding confrontation there is this interesting story that i heard um so my grandfather was a registered uh hunter in mozambique in the north of the country uh you know working for the ministry of uh, agriculture and the story he told me on back in the days of colonialism is that specifically in where i'm from in ampula they'll have these cotton plantations and in, you know, in everywhere in the country people were doing um you know demonstrations and picking up guns you know how my people sabotaged uh, agriculture back then? They will take all the seeds 
on the night and they will boil them and then dry them and then put them back on the sacks and do the entire plantation process. I mean, my background is agricultural engineering, planting a cotton, um, you know, manually, it's a heavy, intense work. They will go through all that process. And then when, you know, the farm managers will ask them, they'll be like, we don't know. We did as you told us. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. So there is this thing of, you know, don't avoid confrontation. I guess it's the best way to describe that. I feel it's quite ingrained in most Mozambicans. Yeah, but I would, having traveled to all 54 African countries, I would say that that is a fairly common thread in Africa and that non-confrontational nature. And and to me, you know, I'm probably going to say things that I'm politically incorrect, but I don't give a shit. Um, And if to me, it was shocking because I had never been to Africa before my five-year trip. And I had grown up in the United States and African American culture, black culture in America is, you just need to watch videos and stuff like that, quite (laughs) confrontational. Often. Yeah, they're very much uh, can be as a culture, be aggressive and, and in your face and unafraid to be confrontational. So I was kind of, you know, my naive sense going into Africa, expecting the same, you know, like I'm going to get people yelling at me and defying me. And I was just so surprised that everywhere I went in Africa, they would avoid confrontation and it got to the point where it can be a problem because sometimes they would tell me things like they're going to repair my car and they would tell me, yeah, yeah, we'll have it done by tomorrow. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, great. It's going to be done by tomorrow. And then it's not done by tomorrow. In fact, it's not done for another month. Absolutely. And, I would, and, and because they just don't want to comfort. They don't want to fight. If they tell me it's going to take a month, Francis, they know it's going to create a fight. And I'm going to be like, what the hell? What do you mean it's going to take a month? So they rather just say, no, no, it'll be tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh. And I'm like, this afternoon. And, and just on and on. And, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's going to be all right. But, you know, and it's just, been they years. They don't want to offend. You know, it's been years where if you will speak up, you'll get beaten. You know, you're going to get punished if you've spoken up. So that's why most of the African cultures, even though I think at a core, even without colonization, most of African cultures are quite polite and quite, Very. you know, understanding and respectful. When you have Absolutely. such a... Um, you know, a harsh force coming in, it just like reinforces those. But I do have to say that in some sort of like some cultures in Mozambique, even even for Mozambicans, they are quite confrontational. Either I think the um, the best word would be they're outspoken. They're not necessarily confrontational, but they're quite outspoken, you know, and it can be very hard to change their minds. And I think you have that in other African countries as well. Yeah, th- that is true. But I would say the prevailing uh, disposition of an African is incredibly polite, very respectful, uh, patient, soft-spoken. Again, it was, I don't know, you went to the United States? Yeah, I was in LA, New York. Right. And so you got to meet African-American culture? I mean, people? I got, I got a chance. Did, did, is my character is characterizing them off the mark or do you think that that was fair? I think it depends on the group for sure. Of course, yes. Uh, And I think something that, I was actually having this conversation the other day with a client that's trying to come to uh, to to many African countries. Is that if you compare Africa with other continents, it's not very hard for you to survive in Africa. I mean, especially if you don't have deserts, right? I mean, we don't have 
freezing cold temperatures most of the year. I mean, in Johannesburg, it can get quite cold. If you drop some seeds of tomato or whatever in your soil, you're probably going to have something. So people usually here don't have the tendencies to fight so much of our resources. And most of our mindset is if you have little share, because, you know, tomorrow, you know, someone else might also be in the same position, just share. And I think that that's where most of our, um, you know, non-confrontational and quite understanding culture comes from, is that we are in a blessed land and we actually have some, you know, it won't hurt if we share. And I feel if you, even if like, I'm thinking about other um, black uh, or Africans in the diaspora, you know, when the countries they are, there is more fight around resources, people get to get um, quite, you know, in the fight uh, mode. I think Japan is an exception of it, where it's like, we have so little we cannot fight, you know. Right. But most, yeah. But right. most in on the country, I think it's quite different. Yeah, Japan is an anomaly because it does have very few resources, and they're packed like sardines there. And yet, it is an incredible, polite, and respectful society. I mean, they are so, and and they say it's because we have to be, because otherwise we'd go exactly. Crazier. There is no way. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is uh, fascinating to me to hear how you hit something on the head which is that there's a abundance of resources in africa and that yet when you are short on resources there's a sharing culture that yeah. doesn't exist to the extent everybody likes to think of themselves their culture or their hometown as being oh we're so generous and sharing but africans do it almost to a fault mm-hmm. in the sense that the problem with the sharing culture mentality that is so common in so many African countries I visit is that sometimes that can, the downside of that is that it can encourage laziness or the fact that it can encourage somebody to just sit back because my uncle will help me if, yeah. if, I, if I'm really hungry and my auntie is going to help me if I need a place to stay. So, so as a result, you always know somebody's going to cover your ass versus in America. It's a brutal environment that your own parents will not support you. They'll leave you in the street if you just don't go work for yourself. And so as a result, that sharing culture is both the, the blessing and the curse of Africa. Yeah. Is that fair? Or what do you think? I think it's the usage that you made or what you made out of it that can be good or bad. You know, I, I mean, for me, any a culture per se cannot be good or bad, but what we do with it. And I was actually having another conversation with an Asian client, uh, Singaporean based, and we were talking about how, like, in think- if you go into the core of long term thinking of Japanese and Africans, it's not that different in the sense that even in African culture, when we think long term, it's up, it's on generation things, you know? So it's like, I'm going to be good to you because then tomorrow your kid is going to be good to my kid type of mindset that pretty much we have on Asia, but I think on, on, uh, on Japan specifically, but then on Japan, they take it to a different level where it is. So then I must make my family um, the most self-sustainable as it can be without relying necessarily on others. So I guess it's when the two cultures sort of differentiates um, from one another. And I think it's an interesting thing to see how it plays out with uh, different countries within Africa and as well with, you know, uh, different countries within the world. But there's always this association between long-term thinking, availability of resources, and how people show up. And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F-TAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. 
ftapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.